Welcome. You may or may not know by now. My name is Jim, and I'm joined, as always, by Jack and Kyle. If you're not listening live, please make sure to subscribe, follow, and listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Spreaker. Quick shout out to the affiliate sites, fullpresscoverage.com and bellyupsports.com. Bellyupsports, they do what the others don't. And while you're listening to the episode, check out our site, hwhockey.net. Boys, what's going on? It's been a couple weeks since we had the gang together. There's a lot to talk about. A lot happened over the weekend. A lot came out today. A lot happened yesterday. We'll, we'll clarify some of the <laughs> Lions been, you know, it's been, it, it's been a place. Um, so I, I want to hear from you guys. Like I said, it's been a while since we've gotten over here. I want to get some hot takes. We do have a guest coming on in just a few minutes, Mr. Jordan Hall of NBC Sports Philly. Can't wait to talk to Jordan. Uh, but guys, what's going on? Uh, did you watch any of the rookie games? Did you take anything away from it? Are you ready to make your hot take for the 2021 2022 Flyers season? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got to I got to watch the third period of the first game, and uh, I watched a little bit of the second game. Not not too much. I was at a wedding on Saturday. I got a live stream. I was in line to get alcohol. There was only one line, so it was a very long line. Uh, it was choppy. I did the best I could, and then I got in trouble. I had to put my phone away. <laughs> <laughs> We've all been there, haven't we? Uh, so I was lucky enough to watch. Most of the first game. The second one happened to come on a Sunday, a football Sunday, mind you. Uh, so I did not pay uh, much attention to the second game. The first game, though, pleasantly surprised with a couple players. Actually, I don't know if you want to call it surprised. Uh, a guy we're going to talk to, I think, a lot about on the show tonight uh, in Morgan Frost. Uh, and for, for you know other reasons now, with injuries we'll get to in, a, in just a little bit, Morgan Frost, I think, did everything you expected him to do in the first rookie game. I think he had a goal and two assists. Uh, he had a hand in the first goal as well, uh, not getting credit for a third assist. But, hey, you want your best players to play the best and to look the best, and I think he did that. I know where he's playing against, you know, lesser competition, you know, rookies and whatnot, uh, but he looked good. I mean, a lot of people want to jump out and say things like, um, oh, it doesn't mean he's going to be good in the NHL. And you're right. It doesn't mean anything. But at the same time, you want to see this. Like, you don't want to see him get steamrolled. Like, this is a guy, he's better than the competition he's playing against. So you want to see him play better than the competition. And what we saw was a very good Morgan Frost. And this is really going to come into play now. And I, I know we'll get around to it uh, with certain things have transpired. But you want to see him play well, flat out. Regardless of what, what it means for future, we saw exactly what we wanted to see. And Morgan Frost headlines that along with Forrester, which was a nice surprise. Uh, some people wouldn't even call it a surprise. He has a first-round pick, but same time, uh, it was very good to see. Dude, how about this kid, Forrester? Uh, Kyle, I don't know if you're able to see any of the game or see any of the stats, but this kid, two goals, two different style goals. One was a, a nice one-timer from the, from the left side, kind of like what we see from Drew, uh, only higher up along the wall. Uh, absolute rocket. The second goal... He was following up the play. I think it may have been sort of a rebound goal, but the point is, you know, he's going into the dirty spaces. He's following up on the play. He's not peeling off. Uh, it was inspiring to see. You excited for Tyson Forster at all? Yeah, I mean, I, as we know, this team needs a sniper. And if this kid can put it together consistently and find his niche, especially at this level, 
I mean, we may have one here in Tyson Forrester, and I'm excited about that. Big body kid that can score goals, man. You can't, you know, it's tough to pass up on a guy like that. And when he's actually performing, like, think about it. Like, the Flyers draft picks throughout the year, at least the offensive ones, haven't really shown you much out of the gate. Like, they always kind of have to develop a little bit, or, or it's like, no, it's got law and path. Right, right. Yeah, it takes <laughs> some time. Now we might have an exciting prospect on our hands where it's like, okay, well, he's going to be knocking the door down. All you got to do is, you know, uh, brush up his skating a little bit, maybe shed some baby weight. Uh, and this kid's going to be an NHLer one day. Now, Flyers are in a different position now than they were in a couple of years ago where they can afford to, you know, wait and let Forrester develop a little bit more. Whereas in the past, it was kind of like, all right, well, we need to get this kid going. We got to fill up a roster here, you know? Yeah, I mean, just to go back to what you said about the Flyers not having an uh, offensive prospect, um, you got to go back to I, Konechny maybe in the last 10 years I can think of, of an offensive prospect because Couturier and Nolan Patrick made the jump uh, right to the NHL. And outside of that, I can't really think. I, German Russoff is looking like a bust, and he never looked like he was on a track to be really good or anything like that. Yeah, Morgan, <laughs> Morgan Frost was a late first. Uh, right in the same range as you know, I think they took Ratcliffe only a couple of picks later. So it's not exactly like this was, uh, you know, we were really were thinking he was going to explode. Plus he was so undersized. Um, he was probably the closest thing and that's even recent history. So I try to go back and I can't think of a, an offensive prospect that was truly to be excited about. And I'm starting to see it in, in Forrester. The last offensive prospect that I remember being remotely excited about was Travis Konechny, who did yeah. go back down the juniors and then made the NHL club the following year, correct? Yes, and that's the one name I dropped. I said outside of Konechny, it, at last 10 years, that's the only one. And Konechny was – they were so sure he was going to make the NHL after he went down the juniors. His junior teams traded him for like an absolute haul. And yeah, they're like, like yeah, a whole going. team. <laughs> yeah, it, it, they're like, he's going to the NHL, and they were right. And, yeah, that's how good he was, and we kind of figured that. That was a, that was a nice draft. Um, Jim, looking stylish, got to say. Well, I just wanted to bring up real quick here that our next segment is brought to you by Yeats, Yeats Sunglasses. Head over to yeatsofficial.com, use our code HW at checkout for 10% off, and you can get yourself a pair of these, these bad boys. You look yeah, like you're going stuff? snowboarding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't know really what i'm gonna do with these i'm uh kind of afraid to leave the house with them but you know i think the kids like them so head over to yeatsofficial.com 10 percent off uh with hw and get yourself a nice pair of shades walk a uh, flock of gym over here <laughs> yeah and i heard if you use the hw code there's a 0.001 percent chance that it'll come with that captain's hat as well yes you will not you will not get this hat and now i feel like i should take this hat off because our guest is here, <laughs> Mr. Jordan Hall from NBC, NBC Sports Philly. Thanks for joining us, Jordan. How are you? I'm doing well, guys. Thanks for having me. It's good to see you guys again. You as well, man. Stoked to finally have you back on. The Flyer season's a, a couple weeks away now. Um, we're a little bit behind schedule here. We're, we're going to talk hot takes for a couple minutes if you, uh, you want to kind of chime in and bear with us here. So um, I took a couple things off Twitter. We'll kind of go around, uh, see what you guys think. First one here. Uh, I should have wrote down the name, uh, but I'm sure they're watching the show. So if you're watching the show and this is your hot take, comment in the comments. Two guys on the flyer score 30 goals this season, Atkinson and Farabee. Jordan, your thoughts on that hot take? I can see that. 
I like that. I Cam Atkinson, obviously, he's done it. He's been there, done that in terms of scoring goals. He's a finisher, um, and he talked about how excited he was to play with a lot of pass-first guys. As we know, the Flyers have more playmakers and pass-first guys than they do goal scorers. Um, I can see that. Totally rejuvenated guy, new situation. And Joel Farabee, I think, is just getting better and better. Like, I think the sky's the limit for him. Um, I've always envisioned him being more of a goal scorer than maybe a playmaker. He can do both. But uh, he's just such a smart player in, ter- in terms of how he scores. Obviously, he's a real strategic goal scorer. So, uh, I don't think that's a hot take. I, I like it. I, th- I think that's very feasible. Wow. I'm yeah. going to make it even spicier. Go for it. We're going to have two 30-goal scorers and at least three 20-goal scorers. Oof, I thought you were going to say a 40-goal scorer. Yeah. <laughs> I thought he was going to say and JVR joins them for the third 30-goal scorer. That's what I thought he was going to say. It sounds like, though, one thing that we can all agree on, there's going to be a lot of goals this year, right? Well, damn better well be. <laughs> I, I don't know about you guys. I, I think I've, I've maybe have sensed some concern from fans about them not having enough goal scorers. I, I think they're going to score goals. I don't have a huge concern about that. The year in 2019-20, um, they were seventh in the league in goals per game. And a lot of it was through like playing the style they want to play. Like their, their best defense was offense. I think they're going to get back to that this year. And I think they have more, I think they have more guys now in the lineup that can, that can put the, put the puck in the net. I, you know, part of it is not just adding goal scores. Like their defense is so much better. They're not going to spend so much time in their own zone. They're going to get the puck out of the zone. Honestly, taking Provorov off the first power play unit is going to probably attribute to more goals. Like there's so many different factors here that are going to point directly to more goals. I, I think there's no chance. Like I'm not worried in the slightest. Will they have issues winning? We'll see. But like they're going to score more goals. I really like the uh, the addition of speed as well to that top six is is really going to pay dividends i feel like all this leads me to my hot take here flyers winning the stanley cup four game sweep oh my god you said this last year (laughs) (laughs) you didn't even make the playoffs i'm sorry uh jordan i'm sorry i cut you off there what were you going to say there no i was saying um i love that hot take (laughs) that is a true hot take a true hot take. stanley cup sweep yeah yeah. (laughs) i don't know if they're there yet but no, I was just agreeing. I, I think they needed some more speed, and I feel like they have it. Um, that can only help them as well. All right, let's get to our next one. It's a little bit spicier here. And this, I'm going to name this one. This is from our buddy Dan Knightley. Uh, Elaine Vigneault uh, will not be the coach of the Flyers after Christmas this season. A little bit in the opposite direction here. Kind of poo-pooing on the parade. Like Thanks the a lot, exact man. exact opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> I don't see that happening. If that does happen, I will be majorly, majorly depressed. Jordan, we, we were kind of talking uh, before the show about, you know, if Carter Hart doesn't return to form. If yeah. Elaine Vigneault's fired, a lot went wrong. A ton went wrong. Um, and you have to remember, Elaine is Chuck Fletcher's guy, hand-picked guy, and just too much experience um, that I think – he would have to get fired mid-season in December. Um, I mean, some of his best teams even got going a little later. He always mentions – not always. He mentioned it once, and it's true. Um, the year they went to the Stanley Cup in New York with the Rangers, he said that team really didn't figure it out until Christmas. Hmm. Um, you know, that team went to the Stanley Cup final. So I don't think you really make those rastishisms on, you know, a couple of months. I do think the start of the season is is critical, and I do think he should feel his – seat get a little bit warmer if they start slowly because of what happened last season but um i don't see it going that poorly and i also don't see them making a head coaching change in december that is certainly a hot take in my opinion i hope not yeah Yeah, there is no way i honestly there'll be a uh 
another assistant coach fired, God forbid, um, yeah. if not a minor trade or something, and maybe a roster player before any of that happens. Twenty five is just not enough. Yeah, and, and you're so right. Like if when when sometimes when you need to shake things up, you make changes at different levels before you get to the top of the totem pole, and that's what I would see. I would see maybe a, a, a an assistant coach let go, um, something of that magnitude before I think it was Aline Mignot. You know what this reminds me of? This take reminds me of when we were all going, fire Dave Hackstall. He sucks. We don't want him here. And then they were like, oh, you said Dave Hackstall? He's fired. And we were like, wait, what just happened? <laughs> well, I remember that day. Take it man. Did yeah, the days of the, the Ed Schneider three games into a season firing uh, a lobby letter over. That's not happening. No. Hopefully. All right. <laughs> let's uh, move on to our next take here. And this one – I don't, I don't really see this as so much a hot take. I actually believe that this could happen, and it's that Travis Konechny will lead the team in goals this year. What do you think? I, I think it's definitely possible. He's led the team in scoring before. I, I don't think it will happen. Um, he'd have to be on the perfect line, and he'd have to stick on that first power play unit if he's even on it already or eventually get there. Uh, he's a, I still believe he's a complimentary piece. And he would have to have two hell of compliments to make that happen. Um, it's not crazy, but of the, it's not as crazy as the last one we heard. But I don't think it'll happen. It's, I think he's due for a bounce back, but not like that. Jim, if I remember correctly, you're not a huge TK fan, are you? So let me just clear the air a little bit. <laughs> Jim was the only one having fun last year. <laughs> I do like regular season Travis Connect. And I know, I know the bubble like wasn't fair and apparently had a lot of things going on. And you know, the, the world fair. was in a yeah, things were going on. Okay. Like maybe he had an ankle injury. Like there's a lot of reason as to why he didn't score a goal in the playoffs that one season. I like him. I love re regular season Travis Konechny, I think, is a 30-35 goal scorer this season. I think he will lead the team in goals. Um, but I'm interested to see what happens come playoff time. Can he play, uh, you know, playoff hockey? And that, that's all. That's, you know, what I think about TK. I don't dislike him, but come playoff time, I, I need to see him at, at the front of the charge, you know. Yeah. I think he can be that guy. Like, let's just see. Yeah, that's the next step, I think, for him. Like, even if he bounces back this year in the regular season, that's that's fine and well. Um, that's good, but uh, it's going to come down to playoff time at this point uh, in his career. You know, yeah, he's he already done a lot. And, yeah, he's an all-star. Um, people look to him. He's getting paid. And, uh, yeah, you got to do it come playoff time. I, I, I could not agree more. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, all very right. fair. Let's move on to our next one here. Cam Atkinson, he scored 35 goals this year. Someone uh, said Cam Atkinson, 35 goals. I don't know if I see that. I would like it, but I don't think uh, I don't think I see that. Unless mm -hmm. the move to Philly completely revitalizes his career in a way that none of us actually anticipate it taking place, no, I don't see it. I can see him having 20. Easy. He's going to be getting top six minutes, and he's not going to be buried by John Tortorella every bad shift. Yeah. So I, <laughs> I, I can see him getting twenty twenty five, but 30, 30 plus is that's a reach. Well, yeah, yeah. especially thirty five plus. And I mean, when he was scoring a lot of those goals, I mean, I don't know if it was every season, but he did have Panarin on that line. That that's a mm. big thing right there. I mean, yes. not to mention his defense and Seth Jones and Warinsky. Those guys, especially Warinsky, can put up some offensive numbers as well. Really help him out. Um, he does seem revitalized coming to this team. He is older, however. Uh, that's a lot to ask for. 35 goals. I mean, when was the last time we had a 35-goal scorer for, at all? Like, I mean, 
he'll be better. He'll, I'm hoping he flirts with 30 at least, but 35 is a lot to ask for. Yeah, I think so too. I don't even know if we'll get the 30. Um, I know we talked about it earlier. I, I could see it. I, I don't think it's out there, outside of the realm of possibility, but uh, yeah, I'm with um, I'm with you guys. I think 20 to 25, I think would be fine. I, I'd be happy with that if I was a Flyers fan. So okay. who's your guys' 30 picks? I mean, I, I got – what was the – earlier was three 30-goal scorers? I think TK's a lock for 30, so that's one for me. Okay. Um, I'm going to go – I'm going to go Coots. I'm going to go Coots. He's going to punch back into 30. After that contract for sure. Uh, yeah. I think Atkinson gets like 30 on the dot. That's what I'm – I don't think I'm hoping really. Be Possible. But that's because he gets like four. And he plays in all situations. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They'll be out there an awful lot of time. Much better team, allegedly. Um, and I, you know, re- yeah, we've done this on paper. Thing. Embraced Philly. <laughs> look, look, Harper came to Philly. He's doing the exact Harper thing. Harper's been killing it ever since he's been here. Hey, maybe Atkinson gets a little bit of that, catches a little bit of that fire. And, you know, hey, when you're playing with fire in your belly like that, you truly like where you're playing at with your friends and whatnot. He, you know, winning's fun and so is scoring goals. And, hey, maybe he gives it all he's got before he, uh, Father Time catches up with him. Yeah. You want a hot take? I'll give you a hot take. Keith Yandel will have more points this year than Shane Goss to spare. <laughs> Dude, possibly that so. Would, that would be I fantastic. Would that. It's not bad. If I, if I pick the Yandel, not not Ghost. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, I'm thinking Keith Yandel will be on one of those power play units, so he's going to get his his time. Yeah. Um, I guess it all depends on like what Shane Goss to spare does in Arizona in terms of like his role, how that team is. Uh, I, I don't think it matters. It's Arizona. That, exactly. <laughs> yeah, if they're still there, that's shit. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah. You didn't see they got that new stadium going to be going up. That thing Ooh, looks beautiful. Yeah. 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 Huh. Wow. Hope they get to play in it. Mm. <laughs> and get fans. I will say this one thing about Ghost is he. I think that he's going to have – I mean, I don't know. This is just my assumption that he's going to have the freedom to play his style of hockey. You know, whereas here it was kind of like, hey, we need you to play this way. We need you to play this way. I think maybe in a new situation, maybe Arizona is going to try to utilize his uh, greatest skills and assets. So you Spin might see him at the blue line, baby. Yeah. And and uh, guess what? Fans in Arizona aren't going to care about that because yes. it's fun. You know, yeah. it's oh my God, you see what he did. Whereas here it's like, dude, how many times are you going to do this? And it's going to go the other way. You know what I mean? Or the pass in front to the other team in front of his own goalie. They're not going to care as much if they're even there at all. And that's going to benefit Ghost. Going to a lower market team always made sense for Ghost. I also think that Ghost and Voracek, for that matter, they just been traded away from Philly. You know, Voracek was a one-for-one. I'm sure players, when they're traded for one guy – they have an ego, not to mention when you're traded with draft picks for nothing, like you're, you're going to want to come back strong. You're going to want to get that monkey off your back. And you know, and he you gets to pass the Panarin or not Panarin. He gets to pass the puck to line. A. Yeah. He's going to, I mean, gonna, yeah. Oh, check, yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, but he was still, you know, he hates Columbus from what we've heard, from what we've heard, you know, so I'm sure he's not happy about that, but same time, you're going to want to, he's, Still in the division, he's gonna want to really show us. Oh, you guys made a mistake, kind of thing. And these are just how these egotistical players are. I expect them both to have pretty decent seasons, but after that, I'm not so sure. Yeah, it's gonna be fun to watch. I mean, for me, to watch how these, uh, you know, the Patricks, the Myers, the Ghosts, and the Vorchecks. It'll be fun for me now to watch how they do with other teams, but they weren't fun to watch here. If that makes sense. You know, because I, I think because I have vested interest. 
I don't oh. wish injury on anybody. I just don't want Patrick to play in the NHL very long. Oh my god! I, for I don't want him to get hurt. I don't want him to get hurt. I just don't want him to play in the NHL very long. He doesn't deserve it, in my opinion. Maybe uh, McCrimmon gives him a shot. Yeah. It's kind of crazy, too. I was thinking about it today a little bit when, um, obviously, when the news of Kevin Hayes' injury came out. And, you know, it, it kind of uh, signaled uh, the bell for for Morgan Frost. And I was like, wow, like, the, Morgan Frost and Nolan Patrick were both first-round picks, same draft. And, like, at the time, on that night of that draft, like, Frost is such a an after, you know, he's – the afterthought really. And now here he is, he's going to get a chance possibly to, to carve out a role in the opening lineup and Nolan Patrick's no longer here. It's just kind of weird how sometimes that stuff works out. Perfect you know segue. What, you know what hurts more than anything from that draft? That? Seeing Cal McCarr. Yeah. And thinking what could have been with McCarr and Proveroff playing together. Or Heitzkinen or Patterson <laughs> or anybody else except for Cody Glass. Like, I used to have fun watching those guys, and now I just am sad when I watch yeah, it's, them. It's, it's, yeah, it is bad. Because even uh, – what's his name in New Jersey still amounted to something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, we got the one guy. He amounted to a big contract. I, I haven't seen him match that contract for numbers yet. I think he just signed it, but he's still better than Patrick. Still showing up to work. Still I, think I believe he's another team. Uh, all right, so I think he's a captain too. So, oh, and he got the captaincy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I know it's New Jersey, but still, yeah. All right, so the segue you mentioned number one, the injury to Hayes, which we'll get to second here. Um, I'm gonna give my hot take, which may not be so much of a hot take anymore. I don't know. I got Morgan Frost winning rookie of the year. I got him scoring 55 plus points and it's going to happen. You can, you can mark it down, go on your oh, little boy. DraftKings app, put it in <laughs> Morgan Frost, Calder trophy winner. It's happening. Book it. Bet the house. That would be fun. That would be fun for Flyers fans. That's for sure. Um, bet $1. And he's got the golden <laughs> opportunity to seize it. The, the stars are aligning for Morgan Frost. Now it's got to happen. Dude, go get the spot. Win the call, their Flyers win the cup all in one season. But Jim, what if what if the Flyers get healthy? Obviously, say of uh, I don't know, like three weeks, f- a month into the season, and Morgan's not here. Like that's where that's where I'm a little worried. He's like, if yeah. he does, he does he not come in and like knock the door down, and then he just inevitably has to go back to Lehigh Valley because the team's got too many veterans in depth that uh, he's not here. That's my only worry about it. I agree. Yeah. I'm all- okay. I'm sorry. No, no, no. So I, I, that's what. I, that's my only concern. That's my hot take. That's my hopes are up here. Take yeah. realistically, I'm like not the end of the world if he doesn't knock down the door in camp. I would like to see it because I yeah. think, hey, the time is now, Morgan. Like especially now that we're missing uh, Kevin Hayes. Like now, it's kind of like, dude, you have to be good. You have to let's go now. Initially, I'm like, if he doesn't knock down the door, if he doesn't force his way onto the roster, it's not the end of the world if he plays five, six, seven games. You know, however many games in Lehigh Valley, let him get his legs under him and then get him up when his confidence is high. Even if he goes back and forth maybe once, it's okay. But I want to I want to get my expectations up right now, I think. Jim, the one thing you laid out that it couldn't be more true. (laughs) He was expected by a lot of people like he make or break year for him needs to make the team at least at some point. Now with these injuries, if there was ever a time for Morgan Frost to step up and grab this job by the balls, like now. even if even if when they do get healthy, he gets sent back down a little bit, comes back up for whatever reason. As long as he, for the most part, he's here and he's healthy and he's producing and he's consistent, like this is that year. Like, come on, 
You know, I mean, these couple of these guys we signed are one-year deals until we get that center position figured out. It's like, Morgan, they're screaming at you for a chance here. This is it. So maybe not rookie of the year, but something. Yeah. And players really do make decisions. Like, in the grand scheme, they make decisions with their play. Like, Wade Allison came up for an audition. So many guys came up for auditions, and they were in two or three games, and they came out. And, and then they took a look at someone else. Wade Allison came up. He was so good that they kept him in for the final 14 games. Uh, if Morgan Frost comes in with the opportunity he has now and plays as, as well as he can and uh, really shows the Flyers that he can make them better, they will keep a spot for him and find a spot for him. Um, but if he doesn't and then the Flyers get healthy, uh, then he might have to go back to Lehigh Valley. But, again, yeah, like now is the time to really show he's an NHL player and he can help the Flyers get better. Um, because if he plays well, no matter what, they will find a spot for him. That's that's how I think pro sports really work. Yeah, for sure. And, and that kind of brings me to my our next questions here. So rookie games happened over the weekend, Jordan. You you happened to cover a couple of those. Um, Morgan Frost obviously stood out on the score sheet. You watched him. How did he look to you? Can he carry the momentum over into you know the, the big boy camp? Yeah, he looked really good. And I know some people were like, oh, well, it's great. He's doing it in the camp. I know I know about his skill, uh, but can he do it at the NHL level? I'm thinking it will start to translate. And um, you, you see his skill level, and it just reminds you of the potential. And also, why not to, why not to rush the judgment on this kid? You have to remember, he's 22 years old. Uh, his first year pro hockey was 2019-20. He actually had a pretty good year pro hockey. One of the best players on the Phantoms, even came, came up to the Flyers, had kind of started with a bang, kind of tapered off. Uh, and then his next season of pro hockey, he injures his shoulder and he's out for the season because it's a shortened year and uh, he and he got hurt in the second game. You just see the skill level. You see his age of 22. There's just too much there not to not to like and not to be hopeful for. So I do think he's more confident. I think he's more of a man. And he, he said the other day that he thinks he's more – uh, he's more of a, of a person in terms of uh, maturity level and knowing what to expect, having confidence, not feeling like he's a kid among men. Uh, so, yeah, he looks stronger. He looks bigger to me. And there's just too much skill level there. Like you see some of the things he does in these rookie games, some of the things he does in drills. Uh, it's impressive. It's it's NHL skill level. Um really elite NHL skill level. It's got like a lot of guys don't do what he does at the NHL level in terms of skill and playmaking. Uh, it's just a matter of becoming more of a well-rounded player. And I think with time he will become that. It's just 22 years old to me is still so young. True. And, and, and I will say this too, with like with prospects and you guys know it, like it's so much about their environment, like putting them in the best possible environment uh, for development. And the last year and a half has been hell in terms of trying to develop kids. Like they're bouncing all over the place. Nothing's normal. Um, they're sitting a lot. Like Morgan Frost went from his first pro year being shut down completely because of COVID. He goes into the bubble. He practices and stuff. Good for him. But like he doesn't play in the game. And then boom, the next year he's hurt in his second game. Like it just nothing's been normal. Um, I think finally he's feeling kind of in a normal environment for development. And I think that's that should help him. I think it'll do wonders for him, really. He looks ready, man. He looks yeah. like he's having fun. And yeah. again, I know it's against, you know, perceived lesser competition, you know, not NHL ready players, all all of them, but he looked fun. He looked confident. Yeah. Uh, and I think when you're having fun out there on the ice, you're playing with confidence. 
you know, and, and you're playing to the best of your ability, you know? So yeah. I'm excited for Morgan Frost. I know my hot take was a little bit outlandish <laughs> maybe, but I would like to see it happen. Um, I think a big difference for Morgan Frost this year is going to be all the adjustments in the locker room. It seems like it's going to be a much funner locker room, a much more loose. Uh, but also at the same time, you added all these guys that just want to win. They just, they don't care what it takes. They just want to win. And I think that does wonders for a 22 year old kid coming into the NHL, getting a shot and going, Holy shit. These guys are going to lay everything on the line every night to win. Yeah. Whereas you last year or the year before you got to watch Voracek, you know, well, I'm going to try this shift and the next shift, I'm just kind of, kind of do a big circle and head back to the bench. You know, like that doesn't happen with guys like Cam Atkinson. It, it, it doesn't. Sounds yeah. like the perfect storm for him to succeed here. Opportunity. Rookie of the year, baby. You heard it here first. Better <laughs> locker room. Yeah. Jim's hot take. What else do you need? <laughs> I got hot takes galore, but I'm going to save them for another show. Because uh, <laughs> I want to talk a little bit more about these rookie games here, Jordan. And uh, let's kind of mix in the injuries a little bit. And we'll start off with Wade Allison. Unfortunate news. Uh, yeah. I believe I saw, was it a high... High ankle sprain. Do you want to clarify that for me? Yeah, the Flyers didn't label it as a high ankle sprain, but when you see ankle sprain and then you see indefinite in terms of his status, it probably tells you it's a high ankle sprain given the okay. severity of it, like of the timeline. Uh, the indefinite thing tells me it, it's probably a high ankle sprain. Yeah. Okay. Um, so while that's extremely unfortunate, because I think we're all Wade Allison fans at this point. I mean, he's just another fun hockey player. Just loves the game. Uh, great with the uh, with the mic on the ice. Uh, one of those guys that you, you just have to get a mic on. Um, who does that potentially? And I know this is kind of like cold. Who does this potentially open up a spot for um, a guy? Does it potentially open up a spot for a guy like Linus Sandin who potted two goals in the first rookie game? Uh, we didn't get to see him last year so much with the flyers um, or another player is, does it, does it give a, a player like Tanner Lazinski a better shot at cracking the roster? What, yes. what can we possibly see here? <laughs> Yeah, no, I, I I think two of those guys, absolutely. A, a couple more come to mind, like Jackson Cates, mm. uh, Connor Bunneman, I think is a guy we shouldn't forget. He can play wing, center, uh, Cates as well. Uh, Tanner Lazinski, absolutely. He seems like he can play wing or center. Yeah, all guys that kind of fit the bottom six mold uh, and can certainly chip in. I don't think it changes the lineup drastically because I felt like it was going to come down to Nicholas Albe, Kubel, and Wade Allison. And from what I've heard from a lot of people, um, Nicholas Holbe-Kubel had a really good offseason, a really good summer. They're still, they still like him. So I, I thought like someone was going to have to unseat um, Nicholas Holbe-Kubel. And right now, Wade Allison is just simply now he's just out of the picture. He won't be competing for that spot. So I think it puts a lot of those guys a little closer. But Linus Sandin's a really good one. He's 25 years old. He played in the SHL, obviously. Um, and yeah, a mature player that does a lot of bottom six qualities, a really good four checker. Uh, he can play in the slot, stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that's a guy I think could be right there, uh, in terms of their depth. If, if an injury hits again, uh, so he, he's one I would keep an eye on, but yeah, I just think it puts a lot of those prospects one step closer because there's one guy off the ladder now, uh, the climb past, uh, but it is a shame. It's a shame because, uh, Wade Allison had ankle surgery last year. Uh, right at the start of the season, he was in oh, camp and then he got hurt. So he's dealing with the ankle again. Um, and he just did everything. Like, ankle? 
Do we know if it's the same angle? We don't know. Um, I don't know which angle it was when he had surgery in January of last year. Uh, but this one's obviously the right. I don't know if it's the same angle. Uh, mm-hmm. So I can't confirm that. But obviously dealing with with that, uh, you know, similar injury. Uh, just He's kind of battled it for a while now with his legs. He tore his ACL as a sophomore in college. Uh, that kept him there all four years. And now he's dealing with the ankle stuff. It's kind of a, you know, I hate to say it, but Ian LaPerriere even said it. Uh, when you play the style in which he plays, sometimes it, it can lend to injuries. Like, he just goes so hard. Sometimes in, in development camp and rookie camp, he would he would bust his wheels and, and like, fall a lot. And it was just because he was going so low on his edges. He would go so hard. He would try to cut, like, so aggressively hard that, like, naturally he would sometimes fall. Uh, and he's just – yeah, he's just playing hard. He's playing the style he likes to play. But it is a shame. I, I, I thought he was a guy that – was going to be right there in terms of that season opening lineup. Was super excited to see him, especially after his play last year. It's a real yeah. shame. Some of the names we discussed were really intriguing. I think everybody's first name was Alp Kubel. Uh, a lot of people thought that when we brought in Broussard, that oh, he's getting traded, and that's just not the case. Yeah. Uh, and I have heard that they do like him, and I don't know who I got this from. I don't want to steal anything here, but I heard that they – want to put him with more mature players, more veteran presence players and less young players. And maybe he'll stop taking stupid penalties and actually be that he'll throw hits when he's supposed to. And I'll show that offensive side of the game. He does have a sneaky wrist shot. So, you know, that they, they're not done with him yet. I think a lot of ascending is definitely an intriguing name. It's, it's still a dark horse for me at this point. Good point about him being 25 years old, probably older player, more responsible, more does more things coaches like to see. But Lazinski looked good in camp too so far, and I know a lot of us were high on him last year. Uh, I would love to see him in some capacity. Ultimately, I'm sure we're going to see a mix of these guys who sticks. Um, yeah, no, I mean, well said. And um, uh, Sandine seems nice, but I got my I'm throwing my ring in with uh, Lazinski. I want to see I want to see him more long term. Yeah, I like that. I think he's got more of a future in the organization. Like. Agreed. You know, Sandin's on the last year of his deal. You know, I think he was coming over here to try to accomplish his NHL dream. I think the Flyers are, you know, kind of taking a flyer on this guy. Lazinski, I think, has got a little more upside in terms of playing down the middle and being like a bottom six center. Uh, so I'm with you. I really like that too. And yeah, Nick, I love that idea about Nicholas Olbe Kubel, maybe playing with some more experienced guys. Like sometimes those guys in bottom six situations or at least fourth line roles. I mean, he actually even told it, you know, told this to me. He said, um, if you remember, he had like a nine-game stint with Dave Haxtell, and he, he played like five minutes a game. I'm not trying to knock Dave Haxtell right now, but he played like literally five minutes a game, and that's just impossible to, to make an impression and do anything in that limited ice time. And I think sometimes like, you feel so much pressure every single time you go on the ice. You try to do too much, and then you make a stupid mistake. Whereas you, if, you got, if you give these guys a little more freedom – um, you play them with better players. There's a little less pressure, and maybe they're smarter. Uh, maybe that was the case with Nicholas Albee Kubel last year. He was just trying to do too much, and it, it led to mistakes and penalties, and uh, coaches hate penalties, especially uh, unforced ones. And, Jordan, one last thing. Whenever you come on the show, don't ever apologize for knocking Dave Haxtell. <laughs> don't worry about it. Are you guys going to be there to cheer him on uh, in game two of the season? Yes, hopefully. And right. <laughs> Hard to believe. I I remember when I saw that, I was like, oh, wow. Like, I really thought he was going to go back to the college route. Um, Speaking of dark horses. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, but not to go off uh, topic. 
<laughs> I mean, he basically is coaching a college team. Like they don't have very many. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I like them. I like them to contend for that division. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like not, seen... not yeah, a hot seen... take, by the way. Yeah. Genuinely believe that. Um. All right. So let's move on to uh, our next big injury here, and you know, it still pertains to rookie camp a little bit because we talked about Frost, but Kevin Hayes kind of surprise news today. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about uh, what happened with that, Jordan? Yeah, total surprise. He's been on the ice. You know, I saw him, I think well, I saw him one day at Voorhees. Uh, no, I saw him twice. He was he was in the – they had a couple of full-team workouts, uh, essentially almost full-team workouts. They were missing a couple of guys. Uh, but during uh, rookie camp, they had the big club out there, and he was there. He looked fine. Uh, I think it truly came out of nowhere. Uh, it came out Monday that he, he skated and felt something in his groin. So – if anything, like if you're if you're looking for um, silver lining, is that yeah, it's early in the season, and there's a potential that he could miss nine to ten games, maybe like seven to twelve games, some somewhere in that range. Uh, so if you get him back and uh, get him healthy, that's that's important. So I'm happy he at least came out and said something and didn't try to force it. But uh, man, what a summer! Uh, just that the poor guy's been through a lot. Um, not to mention what he's dealt with off the ice from a family and personal standpoint, but you know, he's had two surgeries now this off season. He probably thinks he's getting something repaired uh, in May with the sports hernia injury. And he's thinking he's setting himself up for a big year. And then he, he deals with this. So, uh, but hockey is such a next man up uh, mentality. And that's, that's where Morgan Frost comes in, but I don't want to downplay Kevin Hayes' absence. I like, I think he's critical to what the Flyers do. Um, we know he's one of their best penalty killers uh, he's six foot five. He's their second line center. Uh, he does a lot of stuff. So uh, the Flyers are going to kind of weather the storm there. And it's just a good opportunity maybe for a couple younger players to get in there, build confidence. It's also worth noting that this injury has nothing to do with his first surgery. From what I understand. Uh, I'm not sure. We, uh, Elaine Vigneault was asked that today. And Elaine Vigneault said, I'm not sure. Uh, I don't know if he's keeping something close to the vest there. But he said uh, he said he would have to ask the doctors and Jim McCrossin, uh if if it is. Hmm. Uh, so I can't say I know. I, I don't. I haven't heard anything if they're related or not. Uh, I'm not sure. It gives me real bad Claude Drew 58 point season vibes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was dealing with that, and for all they like they they I think that a lot of times they want to say like it's a it's a very common procedure in hockey. Obviously, a do- like core muscles are very that, that type of stuff is very common in the sport of hockey and the way the players move and skate and all that stuff. Uh, but it doesn't make it, I think, like super easy to come back from. I think there are after effects uh, that make it difficult. So um, I think if anything, the good thing, like Kevin Hayes has never been the, the fastest skater. Uh, he's never been like this guy that moves up and down the ice. You know, he plays, like a, I think, a tough game where he protects the puck. And I'm hoping when he's healthy, I think that that shouldn't impact him a ton. I think like that stuff should – that stuff should be okay uh, when he's on the ice. He should be able to do that. Um, but we shall see. Uh, we'll see how long he's out. Um, it's a good thing. I think he's going to be around the team and stuff because I think he's a great personality, good leader. It's it's uh, The Flyers definitely can't afford another Kevin Hayes season like last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, that was – I think he was playing – you know, I think a lot of it he was probably playing hurt. He was bothered. But, no, he needs to be better 100%. He, he even said that not even just from an offensive standpoint, but I think he wants to be more effective um, the full length of the rank. I think he really looks up to a guy like Sean Couturier 
Like, I, I really do think he wants to be like Sean Gatorier, like this 200-foot guy that everyone relies on and looks up to in that regard. Um, I don't, I'm not saying he's going to be Sean Gatorier, but I think that's what he wants to do in terms of consistency. And uh, he, I don't think he had that last year. Uh, he admitted it. Uh, he does. He has to be one of the guys that takes tries this year. Well said. Um, one thing I have to say about this is, you know, how are they going to replace Kevin Hayes? Do they? Do you think we potentially see Claude Giroux move to 2C for a while? I know immediately we all start thinking, oh, flex Morgan Frost up to 2C. You know, meanwhile, we're not even <laughs> sure can he make the team as 3C. So easy solution to this problem. You know what it is? It's hurdle time. Go get him. <laughs> Tomash Hurdle, baby. Get him. LTIR Kevin Hayes. Let him take, you know, the season off. Had a rough summer. Let him recoup. Let him take his time. He's got his buddies here. Cam Atkinson, Keith Yandel. LTIR Hayes. Go get Thomas Hurdle and go win a cop Tampa Bay style. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds real epic. It sounds real simple. <laughs> That's yeah, put them on and go. Let's go do as it. far as I know, there hasn't been any rule changes to prevent teams from doing what Tampa Bay did. So, yeah, <laughs> it's true. Um, I, I kid, even though I would love that, but yeah, <laughs> All no, right. maybe, maybe when they get to towards the trade deadline, maybe they'll and, and they're not where they want to be down the middle. Maybe yeah, last year was deal. Yeah, why not? Yeah, um, just to be in those conversations this time around around the trade deadline would be nice because it's hard to be on the other end. When it's our guy, who's who's going to get this guy from the Flyers? Yeah. Just be nice to be in the conversation as rumored destinations. Yep. You know, um, one thing I wanted to bring up because we were doing hot takes, and I know we moved on to injuries, but one thing I wanted to bring up as a hot take is yes. I, I think I think Derek Broussard has a bit of a bounce back year this year, coming back and playing under AV, which was some of his best years of hockey. Yep. And he's going to be playing in a much lesser role. He's not going to be relied on as heavily as – up and down the lineup in Arizona. I, I think I, I think that he is one of the players that are, are really going to have a bit of a bounce back, and it's going to benefit the Flyers greatly. Yeah, he had his best years, as you mentioned, under Elaine Vigneault. Um, players do like when they feel comfortable with coaches, and I think that's why, that's a guy that uh, he feels awfully comfortable with. And I think you're right. Like When he was with the Islanders, he had a really good year. Kind of had, I think, less a lesser of a role. Didn't have to do as much, um, but was still given good response. He was really good um, against the Flyers in the playoffs in 2020. So, yeah, I, I think that was a good addition. And, gosh, it's, look how important it looks now uh, to get a guy like that, Nate Thompson. Like, I understand they're not the flashiest of guys. Uh, Derek Rossard, obviously, kind of on the tail end of his career. Not the same offensive player. Nate Thompson's more of a grinder and PKer. But um, now it's looking awfully important. And it, it shows you hockey, like I remember Chuck Fletcher once said, like hockey happens and that being injuries, like it's just a physical sport. And uh, before you know it, you're short on depth and then you're you're struggling to get guys just in the lineup. Yeah. Can you imagine we'd be looking at hoping Morgan Frost becomes our third and now we're also trying to replace our second line center? Yeah. Like the depth is there and you kind of alluded to it. One thing I'm looking forward to with Broussard um, 
is that playoff. He was big for the Rangers in the playoffs. Now I know he's not the same guy, but I still think he can, those veterans can be very timely when they chip in, especially when you're lower in the lineup and having been there and having a ton of playoff miles, I think he's going to be perfect for this team in the playoffs. And I, whether it shows up on the score sheet, I do think it'll have an impact and it's not talked about enough probably because we're not in the playoffs yet, obviously, but I do expect that to pay dividends when the time comes. Yeah, having a vet center that doesn't um, that doesn't get too lost in his defensive zone. He's actually a, a fairly sound defensive player heading into the playoffs with a with possibly a younger team will pay dividends. Especially yeah. go, just going into a season with a defense that it's it's going to take a week or so for the defense to get comfy with each other and figure things out. To have a guy playing center, possibly third, fourth center that can calm things down a bit if the shifts or if the ice starts to tilt towards our zone will pay dividends. Absolutely. I don't look lightly at playoff experience. I think there's a reason why guys have playoff experiences because they're good players and they know what to do at that, at that time of the year. And uh, yeah, Derek Broussard, 115 games of playoff experience. That's now the most on the roster. So uh, I think if the Flyers can get to the playoffs, that's a guy that uh, I would absolutely want to keep an eye on. I did not know that. And to answer the, your question about lots, he will be wing on the fourth line, left wing, probably. Get, really? Lawton? Well, I yeah. mean, well, he's definitely. Team, bottom, I think he's if bottom the team's six, fully yeah. healthy. If the team's yeah. fully healthy, he's going to be he's, left wing, fourth line. Uh, I'm, he's not jumping up and playing second line center unless they're in an absolute pinch. Like, could he? Sure, but is that like if if Hayes is out till mid November? That's not necessarily a good fallback option. He's not bad. But I, I would rather move Giroud to center, and you know you got the wing depth to move things around. God, yeah, such haters, man. <laughs> I like Lawton. I really like. I, I like that every side of my defense. Yeah. Oh yeah, bottom six guy can't play two C. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Three million dollars for a reason, <laughs> Uh I like lots, but it's. I think it's a good question, and it's it's funny because like last year, it's like. Pencil him in, 3C, you know? But now it's like, wait, where does Lawton fit in? Does he play on the left side? Does he play 3C, 4C? Does he play left wing on the fourth line? Yeah. It's a good question, as, as you know, simple as it is. The Has reason slid over got, to the right? The, what'd you say? Has Lawton slid over to the right at all? In his tenure with the Flyers, he's played everywhere but defense and goalie. Yeah, that's this yeah. is true. That's that's why he got. I mean, I know three million isn't a ton of money, but the five years where people were kind of hung up on, like he's he's like we don't have Roffle anymore, and he's a better version of that in my eyes. He'll play wherever they need him to go. You don't want him on the top line like they did Roffle for an extended period of time back in the day, but you you can move him around in a pinch, and that's why they had no problem giving him that fifth year. Yeah, he's like a Swiss Army knife. He can really play pipe. He could probably play all four lines. Like, if you needed him in a pinch, he could probably play the second line. Uh, if He could probably complement guys on the first line. He does remind me of a better Michael Raffle. I love that comparison. Um, and, yeah, yeah, I think he could – where do I want him? I'm not sure if I want him at center or wing. But without Kevin Hayes, I wouldn't rule out him playing some center uh, just because um, he's a guy that can win some faceoffs. He's, he's like, a gritty guy that's going to be – uh, make, I think he's going to make them harder to play against down the middle of the ice. So I wouldn't rule that out, but a good guy to have nonetheless in this type of situation. And I know Nate Thompson's waiting in the wings to get this fourth line C spot, but I really, the only drawback to Nate Thompson for me personally is the complete lack of speed at center. 
that he brings. He brings no speed at center. I think Lawton's a better option there. I'd rather have Thompson on the wing. Not that that's going to happen because AV loves playing Thompson at center. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he is a guy. I think they, they really liked him too because he, he wins like PK faceoffs and defensive zone draws. And there is value in that. Uh, so maybe that's why he, but obviously he can play wing and still take faceoffs. So, uh, but yeah, he he's he's an older guy. He I, I think he's thirty five, maybe turning thirty six. I think um, I have to double check that. But older guy, it's not going to move around as much. But it's like two years older than me, man. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not that old. <laughs> I thought you were in your twenty. <laughs> yeah. My hair's back in my twenties. <laughs> <laughs> he's thirty six. Yeah. Okay, there we go. He's about to be thirty seven. That's what it was. I knew he had like a birthday coming up. Uh, I remember checking his age a lot when they signed him. October fifth. Um, oh wow, he's thirty-seven. The majority of the season, yeah, yeah, well, yeah. How's his birthday like, coming? Up. Your concerns. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Not the fastest of, of uh, individuals. Yeah, usually you don't get faster with age. No, you do not. <laughs> <laughs> Some things you do. Yeah. Well, I have a Nate Thompson birthday party. <laughs> Damn it, Jim. <laughs> All right, let's move on a little bit here. Uh, so <laughs> coming to towards the end of the show a little bit here, uh, Jordan, and I, I want to ask you, uh, who else stood out to you in rookie camp? Uh, you know, obviously, Forrester looked very good. We talked about him before uh, during – I think it was before the show or before we had you on. Who else stood out to you that could potentially make a push, uh, if not for the Flyers roster, but you could see down with the Phantoms? Yeah, Tyson Forrester, as you mentioned, uh, I thought he was the best player in rookie camp. Um, yeah, as far as some other guys to keep an eye on, I, I really like – I still really like Igor Zamula and Cam York. I think they're probably the two top defensive prospects. Um, I don't think they're going to be rushed. I think they have enough depth on defense. Uh, I think they could probably weather the, the storm uh, during Samuel Moran's injury. Hopefully he gets healthy and he can kind of serve as a real physical seventh guy that can get in there and help. Um, I would like to see Cam York and Igor Zamula play – all the minutes possible down in Lehigh Valley. But those are two guys that just really good skaters. Uh, Cam York, obviously, a ton to like in terms of producing points, getting the puck up the ice. Zamula is real smooth, good first pass. Uh, so they they, they looked the part in uh, rookie camp. Um, a fun guy to watch was uh, Samu uh, Tuamala, the draft pick. Um, I, I think he should play junior hockey. He, he's pushing to play. Um, he wants to play in North America. He will play in North America. He's pushing to play for the fans. I think he wants to be a pro real badly. Mm-hmm. I think he just has high goals and visions for himself of being a pro as fast as possible. Kudos to the kid. Uh, he's trying everything. It took, you know, learn English and, and be here and uh, take his fastest path possible to the Flyers. Uh, I think he should play junior hockey, but uh, very fun speed, just natural offensive ability. And actually not as raw as I thought in terms of well-roundedness. I, there was a lot of talk about he needs to be bigger and more defensive. Uh, some of the drills and some of the scrimmages they had uh, in development camp and rookie camp, like he had like real strategic, smart strips of the puck, like playing defensive hockey, stripping the puck and getting it going the other way. Uh, so he, he, like you could tell he's a hockey player and understands um, how to play. Um, just does does need to get bigger and probably needs to know how to play off away from the puck and stuff like that. But real fun, game changing speed. So he was fun to watch a lot. Uh, he would jump out at you sometimes. 
I, that's not a name that I, I really expected to hear. So that's exciting. Go ahead, Jack. I'm yeah. sorry to cut off. No, when you said Samuel, I thought you were going to say Arison. I, I thought he uh, looked pretty good. I was wondering where he is in his development because he's been around for a while. And out of all these goaltending prospects, not named Hart, he was probably one of my favorites. I'm just curious, where do you think he falls in line? Yeah, I will say goalies are kind of tough to evaluate at, at these camps because a lot of it's sometimes they're getting solo work. And then sometimes they're just like under a barrage of shots and like they're not getting a break. Um, so a little tough to evaluate there. And I don't want to mislead you guys at all, but I did think he looked very good at times. Um, he looked, I thought he looked pretty good in Sunday's rookie game. That was the one I was able to see live, uh, faced a lot of shots on some power plays and, and did really well. Um, so I've heard good things about him. I like him. I, I think he played on one of the worst defensive teams in the SHL last season and held his own. So, uh, yeah, I, I got to keep an eye on down in the minor leagues and hopefully, hopefully they can eventually develop a, a backup goalie and not kind of do this, you know, year to year thing. Uh, eventually you want to develop your own guys. It's not easy, obviously, backup goalies. And like not a lot of young prospects want to be backups. They want to be starters. So sometimes it is natural to have backups that are, uh, you know, guys you find outside the organization. But it would be nice to see these kids develop. And again, I think a full regular season uh, in North America uh, would be really good for him. Um, a normal development year, but uh, yeah, a guy I like. And uh, I think the organization does too. Can, do you have any clarification on the Sam Morin injury? Yeah. What the is, hell is I mean, going on? It's yeah. an absolute shit show of a mess on Twitter. I mean, I heard, I heard from he's going to retire in a press conference <laughs> to uh, he's fine. I heard he had to, an ear I'm like, what is going on? Like, do we have some sort of clarification on did he actually tear something or is it just kind of like follow up to the other surgeries? It's definitely just a follow up. Like the Flyers noted it was to remove loose bodies, which I think is super common in those type of injuries uh, that you have to sometimes get cleanup procedures on. Scar tissue. Yeah, exactly. Um, that's what I think it was. I don't want to act like it's nothing. Uh, I feel like the report did note that he was, he did suffer a knee injury. And I mean, he's not going to be in training camp. He, he's out. So that was not the plan. So it is something and something to keep an eye on. And, but you know, nothing to the magnitude of what he's been through in terms of tearing the ACL. Like that's where I think it was just, there was so much unknown. And sometimes the Twitter sphere just can run wild with something. And, you feel bad when you see Samuel Moran and you see knee and you see the word significant. Unfortunately, people's minds go to 20 ACL. And I mean, that would be his third. And what would a third ACL tear be? That would probably make someone think about retirement. And that's where I think people went to. I'm happy for him personally as a human being. I'm happy that it does not sound like that. Um, and he's a guy, he's like a fighter. He just loves hockey. He, that's the reason why he's still playing. He said he loves hockey. He loves playing. The sport means the world to him. So I'm glad I, I think he still has high hopes um, to get back on the ice. And I think it would take a lot to make him say, hey, I'm done here. No longer want to play and do this anymore. So uh, not as serious as I think people thought it was, but an injury nonetheless where he had to get a procedure done, I think, 11 days ago. So, um, so do you think – do you think um, – uh, just personal opinion here, obviously, yeah. pure speculation – do you think that a bit of the six to eight week timeline is just because of previous injury? They're given more like, uh, yeah. essentially. 
I do. And uh, you'll see hockey people do that a lot. Like you always put the worst possible timetable on an injury because if anything, a guy comes back faster, it's like, cheers. Like, Hey, this is great. Cool. Like came back faster than we thought. Whereas if you give something too short of a time period and it takes longer, then people really start to speculate. They start to complain. Uh, so I do think six to eight weeks is probably being a lot more cautious, a lot more cautious. And it wouldn't surprise me if he gets back sooner than that. Um, he had his procedure done about 10 to 11 days ago. Uh, whereas obviously Kevin Hayes got it done today, Tuesday. Um, you know, that could, that could take the six to eight weeks. Uh, but yeah, Moran, I think I wouldn't surprise me. He's back a little sooner. And then the great by, by the first Rangers game, I hope. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, and, and he's a good seventh. I think he'd be a good seventh defenseman uh, at this point in his career. Uh, a guy that can you can call his number and you know he's going to give you what what you're expecting. Um, and I thought he looked good at times defensively, not just being this physical enforcer. I thought there was times where he would kill plays and get the puck going back the other way, um, kind of the just, a la Justin Braun, you know, like a guy that can you know be physical and cut off guys with his body and make sure you know guys aren't constantly pushing the puck down the flyers throat. So uh, hopefully he can get back and be, and be a good seventh. Yeah. I had him um, seventh, but as kind of like a slip seat guy with sure. the older defenseman sitting on that third pairing, you know, somebody's going to need a maintenance night out of Keith Yandel and Justin Braun. Let's be honest. Justin Braun should not be playing 82 games this year. He shouldn't be. He's old. Yeah. He's slow. And there's just so no mean. point in risking. There's no point in risking Justin Braun playing 82 games and then not having that veteran presence in the playoffs. Yeah, and and obviously with it being an Olympic year, it could be, a, it, you know, the schedule's a lot crazier. It's, one, these guys haven't played 82 games uh, in a little while, so uh, maybe their bodies aren't totally used to it, plus an Olympic year, uh, everything's a little different. Is that me first man up is uh, essentially Cam York if uh, there's an injury or somebody needs a maintenance day? That's a great question. I, I can't get a, my pulse on if like if they want him down on Lehigh and playing or if they really feel like he's that next man up with Samuel Moran hurt. Um, he might be. Uh, I also wouldn't rule out Igor Zamula either. It, I, it might be what the matchup is, like of when they need that when they need one of those two. Um, like, are they looking for more offense, or maybe are they looking to cut down on goals? Um, if I think if they had to have one guy get more experience. In Lehigh, it might be Cam York. Um, he just went through a whirlwind type of year. Igor Zamula does have more pro experience. He's bigger in terms of frame. Uh, so I would feel like Zamula might be a little closer. Uh, but it wouldn't surprise me if Cam York goes down to Lehigh and, and really shows his game and, and puts himself right there on the radar. Do you think any of the the depth signings for the Phantoms end up as the seventh for the like the early season road trips, just to have a guy just in case? Yeah, that's I, I did wonder that, and I do think so because at the start of the season, at least, like they're gonna want their prospects playing games. So if you do need, yeah, that next seventh for like a stretch, yeah, like um, a Sealer or a Glenn Denning comes to mind, just to have. Yeah. Exactly. Some guys with pro experience um, that you're not hoping to use. Whereas if, if they feel like they're going to need 7D, like literally guys to play, then maybe you do call up, yeah, Kim York or Eager Zamola. Because like, these games are important. You want to win them. But if they feel comfortable with the six that they have and they feel like these guys are going to be able to play the games before anyone needs you know, a blow, 
um, then I would carry one of those vets uh, as a seven. Because ultimately, like, you want these prospects playing games. Like that's just, it's just so so important to development, and I think that's what they're going to try to do. Especially with the last couple of years and lack of playing time. Yeah, exactly. Just no consistency, no normalcy, lack of playing time, lack of games. Uh, finally, it seems like, and and you forget they're trying to build a culture down in Lehigh Valley, like a new culture. They have a new, totally new coaching staff. So I think they want some of their best prospects there to be a part of that, to start that. And I think that will be important to them. Real quick, guys, because we are coming up on an hour. If you're listening to us on Unhinged Radio, uh, we have an hour time slot. Uh, so, you know, you're going to have to listen to the rest of the episode on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Spreaker. Thanks for listening on Unhinged and enjoy the next show. Uh, okay, guys. So uh, we, we are coming to the end of this show. I just had to do that quick plug because we have a, an hour segment on a 24-hour uh, radio station or whatever. So we're not ending yet. we got a couple more minutes left. Jordan, we know you got some things you got to get to tonight. Um, you know, if, if Jack and Kyle, if you have any uh, more questions, we have one more question here from uh, uh, a Twitter watcher or viewer is the proper word, I believe. How do you think they're going to handle uh, Keith Yandel's consecutive game streak? I, I can't see them taking him out of the lineup before he breaks it. What do you think? Yeah, I think he will play until he breaks that record. Uh, unless he is literally forced out of the lineup by an injury, um, I really think they're going to play that, play him. Uh, it's an important streak. And a lot of times uh, those streaks bring a good light onto the organization. Uh, people are following it. Um, teams build it up. They, they do ceremonies for it. You know, they bring in family. Uh, a, lot of a lot of times uh, teams value that in terms of being able to make something out of that. Uh, it's just it naturally brings positive energy and light to the team. So I think that the Flyers knew about that, and I think they, they want to make sure he gets that. That's a good point. When's the last time we saw, like, somebody break a major record or in, yeah. in, in Philly? You know what I mean? Yeah. What is fun. the record? I think it's 900. I, he's played in, I think, 922 straight, and I believe he's, like, 41 games off, I believe. I have to go back Half and double season. that. Yeah, I think it's Doug Jarvis, and it's – think he's in the 960-ish range, 960, 61. That's insane for yeah. the record. To play in that many NHL games in a row. Yeah, he's Wikipedia, so I don't know how, how yeah. accurate it is here. You got it, Jack? Go ahead. Yeah, it's coming up. Um, yeah, Doug Jarvis, uh, 964. Yandel's at 922. Okay. Um, so whatever the difference is there. he It's around 40 games or so, like you're saying. Yeah. Uh, he is right there. I mean, it's half a season. Um, yeah. All odds are everything you said he plays. You think there's any nightmare scenario where his play is just that bad? Not, not injury you can't help, but if he just falls off a cliff, do you think it's possible that they got to go? Yo, we got to we got to win games here. Could you imagine? It's it a tough question wild. to ask, I mean, it, it, but it could it happen. Could it you is. Imagine it, it would be tough. Like, that's what the Flyers put. Like they put themselves in that situation where they they could be that team. And you're right. It's about a half a season. So if the Flyers are in a situation where like they really need to to win games, and Keith Yandel's bringing them down, I wouldn't rule it out. I think Yandel's a pro, and he said, "Listen, you know, I'm all for the team, and if if that's what it takes, it takes." But I think they're going to be able to like like he's going to play some of the lesser minutes among the D pairs, and then he'll be a specialist in terms of put him on a power play where he's really good. So I don't think they're going to have to rely on him too much. And I'm not saying he's a bad player or he's falling off terribly, but I think they're going to be able to kind of cover him a little bit and not have him be too uh, exposed. Yeah, in all honesty, I'm not too worried about him. Sounds yeah. like he had multi-year, multi-offers. I don't know if any of them were multi-year, but I know 
they were some of them were more than 900 K. Um, yeah. Obviously with Florida, he just wasn't that, what was he making 6 million a year? Or maybe, maybe I forget. Hey, he wasn't that yeah. player anymore, but he's still an NHL caliber player. I expect yeah. him to play. I don't expect this to be an issue. Just God forbid. I think <laughs> again, you, you run into another player that's coming back to an AV system. He thrived in. Yeah. No, that's so, a good point. I forget about that. And yeah, my, my only concern is I don't think, I don't think um, Yandel's going to drag down that pair. I think Braun oh my is God. going Here to we be go. our weak. I think he's going to be our weak point this year. I'm just being honest. Last LeBron year, hate. keep it real, <laughs> Kyle. Keep going. Last last year, it was clear to anybody who pays any attention to the Flyers, Braun lost another step. He was slower last year than he was the year before. So underappreciated. I don't know how he's going to do this year. I'll let Jordan go first. Go ahead. Justin Rowland's not fast. He's not like this one thing he lacks. Like if you if you get him in a situation where he's vulnerable to speed, like he will get blown past, and it looks really bad on TV. Looks bad live. But I do really appreciate the way he plays in the defensive zone. Like he's a defenseman, and they didn't have enough of that. Uh, they need guys that prevent goals. I mean, they just allowed too many. And I do think he's one of the better guys at taking guys' bodies and killing plays. Like, I, I, I think there is value in that. But I will agree with Kyle in the sense that he might be one of the easier guys to take out of the lineup. Uh, he's not going for any record. He's a pro. I think he would understand it. Uh, so, it, like, I wouldn't be – but they. I will say the coaching staff and the team, they really like him. They really value him. Elaine Vigneault loves him. Mike Yo likes him. Uh, the f- management really likes him. So he would have to be really bad. Um, but, yeah, he is slower, and he's a little older. That's just natural. But I, I I like what he does in terms of goal prevention. I think there's value in that. And I will say, I mean, they were so bad defensively last year that he was he was a top-pair guy at times. He's not a top-pair guy. He's a third-pair guy probably. I think he'll be more in that role this year, which I think could help. Yeah, it's, it's tough. As a third-pair defenseman, I'm okay with it. I get it. He's great for the locker room. Don't give me these analytics about board battles he's won. Okay. Where it's like, it's like fourth on the list. Well, when he actually gets to the boards to get to the guy, yeah, he's a big guy. Oh I ex- expect him to win those battles. Right. But like that kind of stuff makes me laugh. But yeah, okay. Do you give up a second and third for the guy? Probably not. But uh, another, as a third pairing guy. He couldn't help himself. <laughs> I love third pairing I love guy. It. Never I'll let it die. It. I'll get over it. <laughs> no, don't. Uh, <laughs> we've seen yeah, a lot well, worse here and i he missed that have been anywhere on any other line but the third so maybe this yeah. works out oh shit yeah, what was the braun tree i think it was a second and a third <laughs> yes it was i can't remember that remember it was a second and i think the, the other pick was a third what did you think about that trade at the time jordan did you like it i did i thought it made them better in 2019 20 um i'm still okay with it i don't love giving up draft picks yeah but uh you know, Justin Braun, I think, has been decently valuable. I think he's been pretty valuable to them. And uh, sure, I just sure. think last year was a hell, hellish year. And, uh, yeah, I think lesser minutes, third-pair role, I think there's still value. But, yeah, he, he will get times where he's he's vulnerable to speed, and it, it can be bad. Um, like any time anybody has speed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we have gone over time a little bit here, but I would be remiss – Jordan, if I didn't ask you this one more question, and sure. it's always it's like the big topic of the summer, right? Um, Flyers went out and got Rasmus Ristolainen. 
pairing uh, him up. We're assuming with Travis Sanheim. What are your thoughts on that second pairing? How do you foresee that going? I wouldn't be surprised if it changes. Um, they have so much newness to their defensive pairs that I think inevitably they're going to change because you're just trying to find chemistry and what works. But I'm open to it. Um, I like Rasmus Ristolainen. I do think there's a lot of upside still there that hasn't been tapped into yet. I do think the Flyers' environment will be better for him. Um, but I would not be surprised if it changes here and there because, you know, th- those are – you know, I, I know we don't want to make these guys look too young. Like Travis Sanham's 25, Rasmus Ristolainen's 26. You know, these guys have been in the league for a little while now. But there is not a ton of experience there in terms of playoff games and stuff. So I wouldn't be surprised if they switch them up and then maybe get more throughout the defensive pairs, more experience and like youth uh, on all of them. Uh, so I could see that changing, but I'm definitely open-minded to it. I wouldn't mind if I, if I saw it, I think they could have success together. I think they're, they're kind of, they complement each other in terms of skill and tenacity and stuff like that. So, um, but yeah, he Rasmus Ristolainen. I have a feeling is going to be one of the more polarizing players yeah. among the fan base. At least on Flyers Twitter, he will be. Yeah, oh my exactly. god! You either you either hate his guts for no yeah. reason. Or- yeah. <laughs> either he's Andrew McDonald, or yet you like his potential. It's one or the other. There's no in between. It's it's that's it. <laughs> that's it. That's and like I can see both sides. I for me personally, I like the, I I understand the perspective on both. Uh, he will have to prove himself, but. I don't blame the Flyers for really liking his upside and um, his, you know, his nastiness. He's a nasty player. Uh, the Flyers, you could tell, hated playing against that guy. And when that guy's on your team, it's it's not a bad thing. Well, so there, there's my question. Like, why do you think the analytic? I'm sorry, analytic crowd um, <laughs> is so against him. But the GMs who actually run the hockey teams, like the, the Flyers weren't the only team in on this guy. They had to outbid seven or eight other teams. Like, why do you think that is? Why do you think the guys who actually run the NHL teams versus guys with laptops, why do you think there's such a, a, a variance there? Yeah, and I, I really don't want to knock people that like advanced metrics and stuff. Um, a good guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> such a good guy. Smart, I mean, I don't either. It's just this one player is so, like – uh, 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 the the stake between the two it's ridiculous yeah but at the end of the day like sports are an eye test like and it's it goes beyond numbers it goes beyond metrics uh you got to know a player's personality what's inside um you can't measure that uh in my opinion so you know these some of these uh you know these general managers they they are hearing so much in terms of scouting reports guys that have analyzed and evaluated these players for years um, and to me, yeah, there, there is no beating the eye test and there's still a place for nastiness in hockey. I know fighting is not as popular anymore, but, um, sometimes you do need someone that's going to flat out clear the crease by blowing you up in front of it. And, and it's uh, not Travis Sanheim. And no, it's not. I, I like, Travis, yeah, like, I like Travis Sanheim. I think he can be better at playing in the defensive zone and being tougher. Like he's a big kid. So I think there's more to his game than we've seen so far with that. But you do need guys that that do that type of stuff, and he's one of them, Rasmus Ristolainen, that is. And there's also some underlying skill there too. Uh, he he was a first round pick, pretty high, top ten pick in his year, and there's some skill there too. But there like there's still a place for that stuff in the game. But that's maybe why I think yeah, you know, some people like numbers and metrics, and they and they use that to evaluate players. There's a, there's a there's a place for that, but ultimately there's an eye test and 
that's what it's going to boil down to. Right. Glad to hear you say that. <laughs> yeah, no, and, you know, I respect I respect both sides, but I, I'm more of an old school. Like to me, and I've had I've had people that played the game tell me this: like hockey can be a real simple game. It's prevent goals and score goals. Produce goals, prevent goals, and like whatever does that, uh, that's what you want to do. Like that's how you win hockey games. Doesn't have sure. to. Be real- Pretty sure yeah. all these GMs got their own analytics departments as well. And I'm sure they're not ignoring the information and it shouldn't be ignored. It's a good yeah. tool. It it's is. Not, it's just not gospel. Like no. it's a tool. Like that's it. Right. Like, do we know what went in depth with Buffalo? Like what he what he dealt with in terms of coaches? Like, is that put in the metrics? No, it's not. What did he um, deal with? Five coaches in five years? Or he was five coaches, yeah, and he's played. He's played there for eight seasons. Hasn't been to the playoffs once. Uh, he's played big minutes from day one ever since he was a teenager in the NHL. So, like, you know, he's just been a lot of turnover that you don't really see in the numbers as much. Um, and that's why I think the Flyers and so many other teams were really high on him. They're probably like, listen, he's been in Buffalo. Get him in our environment that we believe in, and and we'll get results. You know what? When Darlene turns into the borderline generational player he was projected to be in Buffalo, then I'll believe it's not Buffalo. But even he doesn't look very good at this time compared to how what he's supposed to be. So yeah. like nobody really talks about that. This guy was the number one overall pick of the draft, really has never looked like it. And until he does, I'm going to lean on. It was probably that environment in Buffalo before anything else. Absolutely. It's a dumpster fire. <laughs> it, is yeah. what it, is. it happens. It happens to sports. You know, it is what it is. Well, even look at some of the Flyers' numbers last year. Um, a lot of times your numbers are a byproduct of the team. And the Flyers didn't have a lot of pretty numbers for any of their personal like personal statistics for players. A lot of it was way down by just a really bad season uh, that everything went wrong. So that can, that can happen. Yeah, good point. Sure can. And Jordan, action-packed episode, information-packed episode. Yeah. Always great talking to you, man. We're coming to the end of the show here. Um, I'm sure if people are watching us, they're already following you and uh, paying attention to what to what you put out. You put out great content. But just in case, where can people find you on uh, social media? Sure. No, thanks so much, guys, for having me. Great to see you guys again. Always fun chatting with you guys. Really, really do appreciate it. Uh, you can follow me at NBCS on Twitter, and you can find my work uh, on NBCSportsPhiladelphia.com. Outstanding, man. Thanks for hanging out with us. And, hey, maybe we're going to see you for a couple games this season up in the uh, up in the press box there. Yeah, I would seriously. I would love that if you guys are uh, whenever you find out what games you're at, please stop by, say hello. Um, I'm sure I'll see you guys. I'm looking forward to finally meeting in person. For sure, man. We owe you. Yeah, I'll be looking for a friend when I walk into that press box. So yeah, please do. If I can answer yeah. any questions or help steer you anyway, like I'd be happy to. I honestly look forward to it. I appreciate it, man, that. Jordan. Absolutely. Thanks Always a lot, guys. I appreciate welcome. it. Have a good night. You as awesome. well, Jordan. Take, Take care, man. Again, man. Take care. There he is, the man, Jordan Hall. Every. How can you not like that guy? Like he's the man, nicest, maybe well, the sweetest man on Flyer yes, Twitter. If I say so, sweetest guy. But what Very is sweet what most known for is the best part. You know what I mean? <laughs> I shouldn't say most known for his his journalism's top notch as always. But the yes. second most thing he's known for is one of the greatest Flyers gifs ever. Yes, it is. <laughs> Which we he um, did explain on an episode. Check that one out. Couldn't tell you what episode it is, but you'll find it. <laughs> no. <laughs> Go back through our hundreds of episodes. And yeah, look for Jordan Hall. You'll find it. So something that I almost forgot to do was we did a little Claude Giroux uh, jersey giveaway promo. Almost forgot to do it. Or did I save it to the end on purpose? You'll never know because I'm not going to tell you. 
We're going to give away a Claude Giroux jersey in about three seconds here. Let me just make sure I have the right name down here. So we're going to give this away to Brian, not Brian, at Deep Sky Lehigh. If you're watching live, Brian, make sure you send us a DM. Claim your Claude Giroux jersey. It's nice. It'll be nicely worn, I guess. Congratulations. <laughs> All right, I thought you screwed up when you said Brian, not Brian. I thought you said the wrong name, and then somebody else was coming out. Yeah, but congratulations! <laughs> Come on down, Brian. No, I'm like, yeah, we'll start our season off he's with a. Uh, we'll troll our fans. We'll just troll them. They'll love us for that. No, no, that's no. his name, Brian, not Brian. Hopefully, hopefully he knows that. If your name is Brian and your screen name is not Brian, not Brian, we're not talking about you. We're talking about Brian, not Brian. All right. <laughs> this made my brain hurt. <laughs> we're done, Kyle. Did you just have a Yeats moment? He did, and now he's out for six to eight weeks. All right. Six to eight is is very conservative. I'm going more like 10 to 12. Oh, boy. (laughs) All right, boys. What do you think? Why don't we – awesome episode, jam-packed with information. If you watched live, thank you for watching live. Make sure you go over to yeatsofficial.com. Use our code HW for 10% off of your purchase. Buy a couple. Birthdays are coming up. Buy one for yourself, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your your nephews, your cousins. Buy them. Buy all the shades. You help us out. We get some commission off of that. Um, not, I'm not going that we, right now. Not that we need it, but it'd be nice to have a couple bucks. So, anyway, yeah. I'm going to take these off. Kyle, Jack, you got any last words before we wrap this one up? Jim, those shades look fantastic. Do you really I'm think jealous. so? I want my own. If I may, keep, I I might might wear them out of color. my house if you keep pumping up my tires over here. I haven't it's, worn them out of the house that, yet. They would look, they would look on? great. They would look great as you're driving down the road in your top-down Porsche, drinking your <laughs> organic seltzers, Jim. <laughs> that or giving a top rope, uh, an elbow off the top rope. Like, yes. either, either one, I think they look pretty good. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right, well, let's let's sign off here for Jack, for Kyle, for Jim, for for Nikki. We're gonna sign off till next week, boys and girls. <laughs> <laughs> make sure uh we're gonna put out another show tomorrow night isaiah's go, uh, from omb puck is gonna join me for an episode of in case you missed it make sure you check that out looking forward to hanging out with isaiah and uh yeah we'll be back next tuesday thanks everyone for watching have a good night take your vitamins get out in the sun take your vitamin d bye